y'all. Today's episode, we are answering all of your questions. So make sure that you listen to the whole episode. It might be a little bit long, but the very last question is, how was our first year of marriage? And I, I gotta tell you, it's a juicy question and we answer really well. So listen on. Welcome to the Simple Mission Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Leanna. And our mission is simple. It's to help you find your mission according to God's plan. We wanted to start a podcast just so we can have a dedicated space to be open with y'all, unedited and unscripted. We want to be a voice and a light to a generation that is often overlooked, the ones who do not know what to do with their lives. Missionless. We want to be honest and authentic and relatable. So we hope you enjoy our episodes. So we recently put out polls, uh, one of them through our email list, and if you haven't subscribed to our email list, go to thesimplemission.com and subscribe today. The other slate of questions came from our social media, which would be like Instagram and some on Facebook. So. Yeah. And so let's start out with question one. So total, we have seven questions, and we're going to get right down to it. So some of them are really interesting. and. Some of them are fun, and some of them yeah, are super so, serious. So that's the reason why he said that, because I wanted to make sure some of the questions we got wasn't, like, every single heavy question, and then we get to the fun one. Like, we made sure to put a, uh, a heavier topic, and then a fun question, and then, like, so forth. So yeah. it'll be a fun episode for you to listen to. It'll be really fun. So question <laughs> one is, we got this off of an email. Off of the remember. email list? Okay. I don't it's it's, all it's up now. do y'all believe in aliens or a possibility of another planet where life exists? <laughs> wow, great question. Question number one. So um, I guess like my opinion is is that I think that that God created obviously the heavens and the earth, and so everything underneath God's creation, like we all owe it to the Lord for creating this planet and this universe. And the universe is so massive. It's like we we know very little very little about what what is actually out there. And so even though we're making really small discoveries, it's big discoveries in our own eyes because you know, any discovery past Earth is a major <clears throat> discovery. And in God's eyes, he's like, yeah, I've already created it. So <laughs> so that's your stance like there's possible there's, there's possibility, possibility of life, life beyond Earth, I think. But whether we know it or not, it's up to the Lord. And we will never know until we like get into heaven. So. Okay, but my opinion is that there is no life outside of Earth. Okay, this is okay. This is my side, and then we're we're gonna go into what the Bible says about it, right? Okay, so my side is that the Bible was created for us, you know, in this earth, and it talks about Earth a lot, this creation, this world. It doesn't talk about other worlds or anything like that. So that's just my stance. I don't. I will not make fun of anyone that believes in aliens. This is not what I'm trying to do. I just don't. I just. I just cannot wrap my mind around it. Maybe it's just because I don't understand, like, that there could be life outside of Earth. Right. But we can have different opinions. But here's what the Bible says. It doesn't say anything about it. 
It doesn't say anything at all, really. So, it doesn't confirm that there is life on other planets, but it also doesn't say that there isn't. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Okay, so another thing that we found was that we may never know. So, the Bible never says anything that there is life outside of Earth, but... uh, uh, just check out John chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So, I feel like I can see, like, David's side of, like, there's possibility that there's life on other planets. But it's just, it's up to y'all. It, the Bible doesn't say anything about it. But yeah, so. If you have anything more to say about it. I I don't think I don't think I do. <laughs> I think those are pretty fun questions starting off. Kind of yeah. interesting. So yeah, so that's kind of um, so kind of what guess, we think. So Leanna, you want to read the second question? Yeah. So the second question is a little more deeper. Is what did Jesus say about drinking alcohol? Oh, boom! Boom! Drop the mic. <laughs> that was like one of the first questions that we got, and I remember I was freaking out, and I saw that we got this question because. I've actually been wanting to do either a blog post or a podcast episode about it because I have so much to say about it, and so does David. Um, but anyway, we're just going to start off with, you know, what Jesus says about alcohol, and then we will go into, like, our preference of, you know, alcohol in our life. So, you want to start with that one? Go ahead. Okay. So, it's important to follow the law of the land. So... What, what kind of law that is out there right now? Don't drink alcohol until you're 21. So, if you're listening to this and you're under 21 and you drink, you're basically disobeying God. The reason why I say that is because in Romans 13, 1-2, it talks about how every person needs to subject to the divinity authority because... God appoints every person that is in government or in some kind of form of official uh, person. And if you resist them or you don't follow the law that they have placed, you're basically resisting what God has appointed. And so that's one thing I wanted to make sure of is like um, drinking alcohol before 21. I never did that. I don't know about David, but... You know, it's just it's just it's just something to keep in mind of, and I know that's really a really hard thing to say, and may a lot of people may not agree with me or with us on that, but that's one thing I wanted to just point out with that. David, you take the other side of it. Okay, so um, also too, there is so in the Bible there is instances where. Um, the Bible like straight up forbids alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there's other <laughs> cases where uh, Jesus actually makes it into a miracle, and he um, turns like that the was water one of into his. Wine. So one of his first miracles was related to alcohol, which yeah. is crazy. At a wedding, right? At a wedding. So you put wedding and you put booze together. <laughs> That's that, that's a pretty good time to me, but and it's crazy and I cannot imagine. I bet that wine was like the best tasting wine in the world because Jesus like touched it. He actually like made it. I never thought of it that way. Oh, I bet it was so good. Oh my gosh. Anyhow, 
So back to the subject. Back to the subject. So, <laughs> and so that Bible story comes from John two three through eleven. If you're wanting to know more, a little bit about what the Bible portrays as something good and enjoyable, that's Jesus's first miracle. However, in Ephesians five six, it talks about how the Bible forbids drunkenness. So. Because, because you lose your abilities and you lose your control. So um, I think that in some cases in the Bible, there's like two different sides to this whole thing. Yeah. One side saying, oh, like, you know, alcohol is good and enjoyable. And the other one says, like, you, God, like, forbids drunkenness, basically. And then there's kind of like that, like, fine middle. So... What I think it comes down to is whether you consume alcohol or not, I think it's a personal decision and it really, really... In your personal conviction. In your too. personal walk with So some people God, may yeah. live their life never drinking alcohol because they feel like God has told them not to drink. But other the other person can be a Christian and still drink alcohol, but, you know, within means, like, you know, you're doing it in the right way. That doesn't mean that they're a sinner or they're not going to go to heaven. It's just they have a different conviction than the other person. Right. So. And also, too, I also feel like that alcohol can be an idol. Ooh. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, that's with, like, anything, right? I mean, any kind of phone, like, now they're doing a bunch of studies where, like, oh, you know, uh, if you're on your phone too much, you, like, get anxiety, you, like, lose sleep, and all this stuff. What's well, the same with well, alcohol. If you're, or if you're away from your phone too much, you, you have anxiety, Yeah, too. you have, like, um, FOMO. It's, like, yeah, fear like missing FOMO, out fear and stuff. Out. Yeah. So if you, like, consume alcohol every day, you know, your liver is eventually going to go kapooey. And, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just a matter of time. Kapooey. It's the same way as... Is if like if you consume on your phone all the time, like there's gonna be consequences. So, anyways, this is a pretty good topic, but we feel like it's a personal decision between you and the Lord and your family. If you choose not to consume alcohol, that's fine. If you choose to consume alcohol, that's fine too. But whether you know the conviction and the judging is gonna have to come come whenever we all um, are you know pass away from this world into the next, you know? And so, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. So for me, alcohol is not something to be flaunted. So, like, I'll be honest. I drink an occasional glass of wine, but I don't. I only drink wine, like, once a month, really. Like, I don't, like, me and David try not to drink. And uh, when we do drink, we drink together. Like, we don't go out and, like, go partying or anything like that. I think when people think of alcohol... They think of, like, partying and, like, going out and getting drunk. And the Bible does say a lot about don't get drunk. But if you don't get drunk, like, you are still able to, like, see the things around you. You're able to, like, make think decisions. clearly, make decisions, the yeah. right decision. They're talking about getting drunk and, like, you cannot think for yourself and you can be taken advantage of. And so that, or that's you can the, take advantage of other people, too. Yeah, but that's the, the line that the Bible kind of tries to tell you about. And they're saying don't cross that line. And another thing I don't like is don't drink alcohol when you have had a bad day. Or you had a rough week. Like, oh, I need some alcohol. I need a little buzz. 
uh, and then I'll feel better. That's not something that the well, Bible says to do, idol. too. That might, that, that's what that, you were trying to that's say. That's what makes alcohol an idol is whenever you lean towards it for your own pleasure or for your own, I guess, to, to feel better about yourself. Yeah. Or, but, or situations. So. But at the same time, if you see someone drinking one little beer or one little glass of wine and you know that they're Christian, don't judge them because that could have been their first like, drink in like a long time. So that's another thing is don't be judging people when they drink alcohol or anything like that because you then you're asking for judgment for yourself too. Right. So. Okay. So we have the next question and I'll read it and it's what is your favorite thing about running a business? Ooh. Um. So Leanna, what is your favorite thing about running a business? Um. Well, this is the first business ever. Uh. This this mission is kind of a business for now but we have a blog and the podcast and eventually we want to I don't know like sell books and like um devotional then maybe some merch if y'all are interested let us know but yes. we have nothing in the works for that <laughs> but I think my favorite thing so far is that it's something that God has called us to do, and then it's something that we can do on our own. Like, no one is telling us what to do. We're not having to, you know, clock in, check out, whatever. And um, if whatever we feel called to do, we do it. Like, no one's holding us back. Right. So, that's mine, but David has way more experiences with running a business because he has one or two, two. You now have two. Too. Yeah. So you explain what your favorite thing about running a business. Um. So I feel like there's like pros and cons to it. You know, um, a, a lot of things that I've studied before, like running your own business, and like I've heard it from so many different people, like successful people and unfortunately unsuccessful people, is that you know like it's really really good to have some sort of like stable income while you're trying to do your business. Because it takes like on average 18 months to actually get it where you want it to be, like stable, I guess. Not stable, but to be able to reach the goals, it on average it takes 18 months, which is I'd say probably about right. Your first six months is going to be pretty rough. The you know back half of the six months should be getting better, and then you should you should conquer it in a few months after that, or you're going to like go down the drain and just never want to do it again. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it'll just like flatline. But um, I think, like, one of my favorite things about, like, running a business is that, like, you're free to make your own decisions. And that can be pretty scary for some people because some people want the decisions made for them. And that's fine, you know. That's why I'm saying, like, it's, it's real important to have some sort of steady income while you're running a business. So that way you have that kind of routine built. And then once your business starts taking off and you can actually start, like, moving away from your steady income then that's when it gets a lot of fun because you know but still it it is really scary and to be able to start a business and be able to run it because you know there's a lot of different factors you know but a lot of them you can you can control and that can be scary too because it just is it just is you know you control the hours if you have clients, your marketing, your website, your operations, your, your, I mean, everything has to be taken into account. So 
But I feel like there's a big difference between running an online business and running a physical business where you go out and visit people. Right. And do yeah. what you need to do or they come to you and it's like a, a person-to-person interaction kind of thing versus like an online business like the submission is. Yeah. It's online. It's, right. You have more control. Like you can bring a laptop anywhere you want to do. Right. Work on your stuff, but you know, if it's a physical side, it's a little more challenging, and right. you have to like actually buy products in order to do your work, in order to do your job. So that's yeah. a little more challenging. I yeah. Think. So, but as far as what Lana said, our favorite things is just kind of um, you know making our own hours and making our own our, our own ride and and knowing that like God is is like here with us, you know, in yeah. in like in like any aspect that 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 we want to do um and that we're doing in the future. So, yeah, but it's pretty cool. That was a really good question. Okay, so here's question number 4. You want to read it? Okay, I'll read it. Question number 4 is what are some practical ways that that y'all have set aside time for family? Family time. I'm sorry. Is it something that y'all have both grew up with having, or is it something that y'all have had to develop in order to have family time? So, why don't you answer that one, David, since since you put me on the spot? (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll answer it first. So, um, I think, so the first part, what are some practical ways you offset time aside for family time? So, as far as we making the practical ways, I think it's like, you know, making an effort and like getting out your planner and like planning out a date or like planning out what you're going to have for dinner that night and like where you're going to have it. Is it going to be the house or the yard or a picnic or a restaurant or I don't know, in your car nowadays, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Okay. I, I wanted to tell you, I'm going to tell y'all, uh, last week or so we had to go somewhere and obviously we're um, in quarantine and we can't like actually go inside and eat. And so we were really hungry for lunch, and we picked up some Chick-fil-A. We just ate in the parking lot somewhere. Yeah. And just ate our food. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of and random. before we had to go somewhere else. So that was kind of funny, but it was, like, it was intentional, but not intentional at the same time. That's how we made time for each other. It we was had a fun. Chick-fil-A date in the car. Yeah, Ooh. it was lunch date. Lunch date in the car. Anyways, anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I guess, like, getting creative and, like, finding, finding the time. Um, and also, too, like, making the time for each other, you know? Uh, I think making the time for your family is like real important and that's obviously where it starts from and then it kind of like flows from there. Uh, Is it something that we both grew up with or something you had to develop? So on my side of the family, like my mom and dad really stressed the urge to eat dinner together most every night while we were growing up for sure. Once we got into high school, you know, sports got involved, we got work, you know, it got a little bit um, kind of hit or miss when it comes to dinner but usually like after church we would always go out to eat or we would eat 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 dinner uh or lunch at home so we generally sat around the table a lot like i can i can tell you all some funny stories of some like funny dinner stories like of just what happened you know because and also too like like our family was a total of seven so seven people you know that's a lot to get together but we usually had it usually was not a quiet dinner. Very loud and very fun. <laughs> there was no silent time. So I guess to say, like, my side of the family, we kind of grew up with that. Um, but, Leanna, why don't you tell them a little bit about 
Well, for us, for me and my, it was just me and my sister and then my mom and dad. And we would have our food or dinner and we would go to the TV and watch TV together while we're eating. And that was considered like our family time. Not to say that that's wrong or anything. Like we still have fun, like, you know, watching TV or watching a show or a movie. Um, but <laughs> whenever David told me before we started this that they actually sat down at the table all the time and had dinner together, I'm like, well, that's not what we did. And I think the other thing I wanted to point out is that uh, my dad is a coach and he coaches football and baseball and he's also a history teacher in high school. And so his schedule is pretty like all over the place. Like every football season, he's pretty much drawn every night of the week and, and then he comes home like super late and he has to eat dinner like at like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock and then go to bed and we wouldn't see him, we would go to bed. So. Anytime that my dad was off, we would make sure that we would spend time together or do something fun, like go outside, go walking, um, just fun stuff like that. Or we would go out to dinner or go to the movies, just something fun. Or or even like after church, uh, we would always have lunch together after church. There was some time my dad couldn't make it, like he would go to church. But then, for some reason, they would, like, plan out some kind of meeting with the coaches, like, in the afternoon. So, he couldn't have, like, lunch with us. So, that was a little bit of a uh, transition from the last few years. But, anyway, we, my parents never was like, okay, this is family time and this is what we're going to do. Like, they, they never, like, planned it out, but they just kind of, like, went with the flow of how busy we were. I was in college, my sister was in college, and, like, we all had different schedules. And so we just kind of worked with that. And we never had, like, hard feelings about it. But whenever we spent time together, it was always fun and pre- precious and special. Oh, so. good. Cool. So I think that pretty much uh, answers that question. I know. So, okay, um, question number five, dun, 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 is... It's kind of a different question. You want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, relating to your childhood, is there things that you thought you wanted to be whenever you got moved on from childhood, I guess, going into college or going into the work world compared to now? So... I guess let's start with the child, the childhood hero or the childhood um, career, I guess. So whenever I'm like, what I mean by childhood career is like, like, I guess what you saw yourself doing whenever you were a child. So um, I think mine was probably something outdoorsy. I don't know, like a wildlife director, some kind of like, uh, I don't know. Like a farmer? No, I mean, kinda. Mainly like with animals. Working for working for like the state, um, with like the state parks oh. or something. Yeah. Wearing the safari outfit. Yeah, wearing like the safari. Like y'all, I love to watch Steve Irwin. I don't know if any of y'all oh, know, but I, I love to that. watch him, and I loved his family, and I was so I like I think I pretty much cried whenever he, I, I heard that he he like passed away. Oh. And, oh, my gosh. And, like, I always want to go to Australia and, like, go do the whole, like, outback thing. And, like, I just loved watching him. And I love his passion for animals. And, and um, so. cool. I didn't, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, but I don't know if most of you know, like, who Steve Irwin is. He was, like, iconic 
wildlife guy. I like think back they called in him the, the 90s. Actually, and, no. They had a show called The Crocodile Hunter. Yeah, they had a show on there. Yeah. It was it was so good. It was on Animal Planet. Yeah, it was on Animal Planet and stuff. So I, I think it was like maybe late 90s, early 2000s um, before he like passed away. But yeah, but I always loved his passion for animals and wildlife and being outdoors. So yeah. Aww. So what about you? I did for me, it's kind of a little bit boring. I never wanted to be like a rock star or anything crazy or astronaut or the president, like nothing crazy. (laughs) I think one of the things I wanted to do and it's kind of related to what I'm doing now is uh, I wanted to be an artist in some way, but an artist of like, you know, like drawing and painting. And once I started doing that, when I was like 10 or 11, I was like, I am horrible at this and I will not do this anymore. But my sister, on the other hand, is talented in art. Like she can do anything that you tell her to do and she will do it. And she is like, I don't know. I don't know. Her hands are like made out of magic or something. I don't know how she can do things like that. Mine just looks like a blob. And so anyways, uh, I think one of them was being an artist. And the other thing I wanted to be was a teacher. And that I knew that it wasn't for me once I got older because I have little to no patience sometimes. And that's not a good thing. But uh, I do love writing. But I, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to like travel the world and write in different places. And so I was like 11. <laughs> but anyways... Um, so I, I feel like I'm kind of doing that now. I write a lot for the blog, for social media, and, like, and I, I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy, like, having the challenge of coming up with something new every day and, like, every blog post or podcast episode. So. Yeah. So I guess, like, in, in the wrap of this question, I guess we kind of almost followed our childhood dreams a little bit, like, a little bit. Like, it's not, like, to the T, yeah. But, you know, um, like even to this day, like I enjoy being outside and getting around plants and uh, maybe, you know, getting around some animals. Um, you know, so I, I still like that to this day. And Leanna still enjoys writing. You know, she obviously like loves <laughs> writing, you know, so it, it it's kind of crazy. Like I've heard stories where some people's childhood dreams are just like completely what they're not doing now. And that's fine. So I guess like. The dreams and your passions and like God's destiny for your life can change um, over time. Over time, so just know that. Like, know that it's okay if you don't like. I don't know. Go find an alien or like find <laughs> a life form out in another galaxy if that's your dream. Now, by all means, go for it. You know, an like alien finder <laughs> or something. Yeah, but that's related back to the first question. Anyways, <laughs> that was like an inside joke for you all. But, you know, like, and, and if that doesn't happen, you know, don't get, like, mad at God. Like, oh, like, like that was your passion. That was your dream. It may not align with yeah. what God wants you to do. Yeah, so but at it. the same time, like, when I first started college, I started majoring with cytology. And I changed my major, and I went into special education because I thought I wanted to be a special ed teacher. And then I changed my major again. I went to media production. I kind of tweaked it a little bit more into media studies, which is what I actually graduated with. So I had a path before I went to college. I wanted to be a therapist or a psychologist, and that didn't work out. And I was kind of disappointed because I was like, God, I thought this is what I was supposed to do. But in a way, in a sense, like that wasn't supposed to be what I was 
supposed to be in uh, before going to college, but I didn't know that, and I had to go through this journey, like David said, like, you have to go through these, like, life changes and figure out what you want, what that wants for you, and you just have to go with it. So, yeah. So, this question is, as a Christian, how can we explain to non-believers that there is a God without using the Bible or our own personal faith as proof? What other kind of evidence can we present to them to make non-believers truly under, understand our beliefs? Thank you. So, do you want to start with that one, David? Or you want me to start with that one? You can start with it. Okay. Not to be harsh, but how can you tell an unbeliever about God without using the Bible? I mean, the Bible itself is true. And I'm not saying that you need to like be thumping the Bible in front of them, but what you say should reflect what you have read from the Bible. And if it doesn't, then they're not going to believe. The Bible itself is the truth and it's the life. And it's where Jesus' story is, all the stories of the people that have lived before us. And I just don't see how we cannot use the Bible or our own personal faith as proof. Like, if people, like, see you and they see that you're just a joyful person or you just seem so different, they don't say anything like, what's different about you or why are you always like this or why are you so happy all the time? Like, that that in itself should be reflected in your belief in God. And if they don't see that, then I don't know. What do you think about it, babe? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, it'd be kind of difficult to explain, like, who God is without without the Bible. Um, but, and also, too, like, your own personal faith. Like, I believe, I truly believe that, that, that everyone's story is really powerful because, um, like, your story or your testimony is yeah. just super, super powerful in itself. And so, like... I feel like whenever people tell the story of them of what happened in their life, like it, it, I mean, it doesn't matter if you can relate to it or not. People are gonna listen. Like people listen to stories, and and Jesus also too spoke in stories and parable and parables in the Bible in the Bible. You know, so to be able to help un, help the people understand what Jesus was talking about, he used a common story. And he yeah. told a story, and he told a lot of different stories, and a lot of them are still like are still like heavily studied to this day. And so, you know, um, I feel like your personal faith is the biggest proof, a biggest living proof that someone can view on the uh, from the outside looking in. Um, and yeah. so, and the Bible is there to help basically back up. To to give you a foundation, so I'm not I'm not quite sure. Besides, like, what are the evidence can we pre- can we present to them to make the non-believer truly understand their beliefs? I don't know. Just like look around, you know, like the flowers, the grass, like the sky, the, <laughs> the, the sun. But don't look at the sun. But you know what I mean. Like you can look at it really fast and then close your eyes. But you know, like just I guess take a look around you. You know, like everything's beautiful. Even even the person that you're talking to is beautiful and and they're made um like no one else on earth they are personal and um, you are different too and yes so 
it's it's pretty truly fascinating. So, anyways, so I think that pretty much wraps up that question. Let's go to the yeah. last question. Let's go to the all, fun one that you're all waiting for. All waiting for, and that is question seven. What has your first year of marriage been like? If you could rate it from one to ten. A little side note, Leanna and I did not talk about the rating, so this will be our first time hearing it, and y'all will be able to hear it for the first time, okay. too. Okay, so should we stay at the same time? Sure. Okay, are you ready? One, two, two three, a nine. Eight and a half. Oh, <laughs> it was close. I, I, okay, I had it at eight and a half, or I had it used a half instead of nine, It's just because, like, I realized how selfish I was, you know, going into marriage, and I had to learn a lot that, and then he, David himself had to learn a lot, it wasn't just me, but I feel like... It was all Leanna. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that was a, that was a harsh blow. We need to talk about this later. Yes, in the car. (laughs) Hey... First of all, that's a running joke with my family. Every time, like, we're all playing around or, like, we're playing a game or something and, and like, I'm like, David, why would you say that? Or what, what would you, why would you do that for? He, he'll do the same thing to me. And then we, we both looked at each other. We're going to talk about this in the car on the way home. <laughs> but it's just a joke. Just a and joke, it's the y'all. funniest thing in the world. Anyways. Every time we say that, we, everybody laughs. But... I guess, David, why would you rate that a nine? Explain your answer and okay. how, how was your first year in marriage? So, I think, long. like, I would probably vote, like, a nine. Um, just because of, like, my expectations and stuff, like, um, were not, like, low. But, like, I didn't, <laughs> I mean, like, I had, <laughs> let me explain myself. So, I feel like that, like, I kind of had really high expectations and then like I don't know like I think it was a pride thing and I'm not saying for all of you that have a high expectations for your spouse or for your future spouse like you should you you should like hold that true but like you know we're all human and we're all gonna mess up at some point and if it does not fall perfectly with your expectations I mean you know, that's just pretty, pretty hard to explain. So, like, for me, um, I would vote a nine because, like, I had to really, like, learn about, like, okay, like, what it was like, like, living every day, day to day with my wife. And I had, like, high, I guess I had high expectations, not on her level, like, on, like, her personality, who she was, like, that really exceeded my expectations but mm-hmm. the the everyday life is the everyday just, reality everyday reality is really not what you all think it is i mean you know what i mean like <laughs> it is grand in some cases and it's not grand in other cases and and, and we all just don't know unless we're actually experiencing it um for those of you who are married you know what i'm talking about for those of you who aren't married yet wait and see so I guess that there's that nine coming in there and like our, our first year of marriage, I think it's been wonderful. And we were told so many by so many people that the first year of marriage is the hardest and it's the most difficult. And I don't, I don't see that being nowhere near that. We've had the opposite. And so uh, for any of you listening out there, like that have been told that over and over again, like, you know, it's up to you to make 
the best it's up, of it. It's up to the best of both of you. And it's up to the both of you. So if you want to have a hard time, you can make it a hard time. If you want to have a great time, you can have a great time. It's all <laughs> up to you. So the yeah. But as far as first year marriage, I've absolutely loved it. And and it's been a, it's been a, a really, really good time. It exceeded many and all the expectations that I, that I ever have had as far as just like like what marriage is all about. So Okay, that was a good answer explaining yourself with a nine. So I did for me the eight and a half is that I will say that I struggle with all of a sudden, because I lived with my parents, and then all of a sudden, after the honeymoon, like, I moved into this house with David for the first time, living with a man, and he, he is a man. <laughs> sometimes he leaves his stuff around, sometimes he doesn't do things, but sometimes I don't do things, and we had to learn in the beginning that we need to communicate more verbally we can't just assume that the other person knows that we're mad or annoyed that they didn't do a certain thing or the one time I got mad at David because he almost finished the the cereal and I was like but I love that cereal why would you why would you finish it without asking me and he and he said like you didn't tell me that you still wanted some yeah you I don't finish it all <laughs> finish that box of cereal <laughs> Lucky so, Charm. <laughs> it was not Lucky Charm. We do not eat that. I think it was a life cereal. But anyway. It was life. No, 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 no. It, it was, was the healthy cereal. No, it was a cinnamon toast crunch. Oh. And you almost finished it. And then I got mad. You like poured some from the bowl back into the box. Hey, you go, Leanna. <laughs> kind of salty about it. I don't remember that. I remember that very well. But anyway, um, it's just like going into your first year of marriage. Like, of course... You kind of go into it. With expectations, right? With expectations, but also I kind of felt like I was waiting for, like, the hardness to happen. You know what I mean? Like, the the difficulty to happen. I feel like that never happened. Like, sometimes we were having strongly, like, worded, no, conversation. (laughs) A.K.A. an argument. But... Um, I would never consider that as, oh, like, I really felt like that made our first year of marriage so hard. But um, I had to learn myself to, I have to tell David how I feel because I can't just shut down. Like, for him, he likes to talk and talk and talk about a conflict or a situation that's happening, but I shut down and I don't want to talk until I have my lined up of how I feel about it so I don't like to speak until I'm ready to speak and so he, he didn't know that and I didn't know that myself until we got married and so that was one of the things that we had to work through but I wouldn't consider that oh that was a rough patch or that was super hard that made our whole first year of marriage hard but I felt I feel so much closer to David versus when before we got married I feel so much closer to him, heart and soul. We waited until marriage, and it was amazing, and um, it's just beautiful. And um, I wouldn't change it for the world. Whatever had happened within the first few months happened, but it happened for a reason. It grew us. It opened up our hearts to each other and opened up our our mind for one another. Um, but anyway... So that's why I would rate that eight and a half, almost a nine. All right, but I love him so much. I love you, David. Love you too, Leanna. 
So I can't wait for many, many, many more years of marriage. Yes. So. And many more podcast and, episodes. And, oh, of course, the reason why we saved this question for the very end is that our one-year anniversary is coming up in a few more months. And so we would love to do a little recap of how our whole first year of marriage has been like. So that's why we're not revealing too much in this little question session. So we can't wait to reveal this episode later on. Yeah, so. Thank you all for listening. Those are all of our questions and we have finally answered them all. (laughs) Yep, we had a good time and I hope you had fun too listening to us yabber about them all and uh, yeah, so hope hope you all learned something too as well. So yeah, hopefully we can do another Q and A sometime soon. I don't know at the end of the year. So yeah, so we'll yeah. do it again sometime soon. Okay, okay. y'all be safe out there. Bye. Bye.